0: Hey, well, right now, man, right now we're building stuff today. Yeah, it's kind of a new thing. We just
1: keep building stuff. Uh, we talked about the calcium reactor, kind of a little bit put it together. but talked about a uh, talked about
0: a piece to piece. Now we've got recirculating skimmer. Uh, we're circulating CO two scrubber. Is actually where we're at. Exactly. Right on. Right on. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, uh, just as we roll into things, let everybody come in. First thing to do is give away something, man. This is becoming a, a theme here, actually. And so uh, if you're a preferred reefer, you can uh, win either 500 bucks in your cart or whatever you order. And uh, we guarantee you do that once a month, but we've been doing it like once a week at least. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, all right, so Kurt uh, Zeltman uh, from Cary, Illinois. Nice. Had 500 bucks worth of stuff in his uh, in his uh, wish list. So oh, uh, Nobega 130, a protein skimmer from Vertex, a three-way jo- uh, ball valve from John Guest, Bulk DI resin from us, uh, Apex controller, oh wow, he's got a whole bunch of stuff in here. He's been ready. Uh, Usho, Aqualite, oh man, his own headlights. Right on, right on. Vertex filler sock, uh, filter sock mount. Right right now, man, I don't cool. know what the total of that is, total, but it's way over it's 500 over, bucks. Way over 500 bucks. So 500 bucks to you, man, hopefully uh, you get a whole bunch of that stuff. Bravo, man. Uh, Kirk. awesome. Cool. All right, so in the last few weeks, we have been talking a little bit about pH control and the different ways to do it. And today we thought we'd just kind of talk a little bit about one specific way, which is a CO2 scrubber. And not just
1: a CO2 scrubber, we're gonna recirculate this thing. Okay, so one thing about the CO2 scrubber that we found, and I think like uh, a couple guys here found too, uh, Jason had this running on his tank when we first were playing around with CO2 scrubbers, Mm -hmm. that uh, the media can go pretty fast. Yeah.
0: it depends on how like there's a bunch of factors that, there's uh, a lot of
1: people breathing in this office so there's mm-hmm. a lot of co2 and just kind of floating around in here
0: yeah uh, we got about 100 people in here so there's lots of co2 uh, being added in so for those of you who don't know uh, if you think you have a pH problem with your tank it's vast 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 majority as long as you get alkalinity under control vast 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 majority of the cases is because you got too much carbon dioxide in your house the house is sealed up, there's a whole bunch of pets and people breathing in it, and it's just building up in there. There's nothing to do with oxygen, so just kind of remove oxygen from uh, <laughs> your uh, uh, memory. It is just CO2. And if you have any questions about whether or not it's really that that's the case, all you need to do is go open up your windows uh, and come back in a day. And if your pH problem is solved, CO2, CO2. was your problem, right? Yeah. So that's the quickest way to find out. Once you found that out, you know you can start going down all the different paths as to how you solve that. Yeah, like a refugium, you can run a skimmer to your outside, but now you got to make sure you don't have any pollutants coming in the house, like. Nobody's using pesticides around the right, right, or, right. You or know, pollution from cars or whatnot. If you
1: live in a temperature, uh, an environment uh, that allows you to just keep your windows open, like not too hot, not too cold,
0: just leave the windows open. Yeah, like if you live in Hawaii, which uh, is uh, <laughs> 78 in the uh, winter, 82 in the summer, always cool breeze, but you don't need that. Just open up your windows, <laughs> go out in the night. Uh, but most of us don't have that yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect weather year-round, so yep. it's hard to do. All right, so one of the options here is a CO2 scrubber media. And for those of you who don't know, it's kind of essentially just like calcium hydroxide little pellets. Uh, And let's see if we can pour a couple of these guys out. It's kind of just uh, these little pellets. And similar to what happens in your tank with them is it reacts with carbon dioxide and forms uh, calcium carbonate permanently. Yeah. And uh, just scrubs all the CO2 right out of the air. So and I mean, these, it's that simple. And these ones change color when it, oh. when it's done. Yeah these change like purple as uh, as they are depleted. Yeah. Right? So uh, what you do is get a cartridge and for whatever reason we're missing the cartridge up front of this here but you put a cartridge inside of here and uh, just like your standard DI cartridge and then you fill it up and within that you will have all of uh, or it will scrub out all the CO2. So the normal way that people would do this is just plug it right into the air intake of your skimmer right yep. and so we'll just kind of like take this off for a moment uh does it even come off right. yeah, it'll pop out of there right. there you go all right so it would run just like this and uh probably aim down but you would run it like this and then the air new air would come in you probably don't even have this part on it actually air just comes in goes through the co2 media and goes into your skimmer pump at which point all the air that's going into the skimmer pump or into the skimmer now it's exchanging in there is now free of almost all co2 and so it drops right so here's the problem is you know it works super well except you're scrubbing all of the co2 out of the air and then it's just kind of coming out the top of your skimmer cup back into the air yeah and you're really just scrubbing the co2 out of the entire room so so it could be a lot mm-hmm, and so that's kind of there's a whole bunch of different reasons as to how fast you deplete the media in there And I'd say on average, it's probably one to three weeks, you know, and it really depends. One of the things is how fast or big your skimmer is. If it's sucking tons and tons and tons of air, well, it's probably gonna deplete faster. If the room is super huge, it'll probably deplete faster. If you have a lot of people that live in your house breathing CO2, (laughs) it'll live, uh, uh, it'll deplete faster. However, alternatively to that, if you have a skimmer that doesn't process a whole lot of air uh, it'll go slower if you put it yeah. in a fish room you know which doesn't have a lot of interaction with uh, animals uh, i mean it's going to uh, exchange with the rest of the house slowly but mm-hmm. if you scrub all the co2 out of a tiny closet like a fish room will probably last a lot longer hmm. uh, and you know in that spirit there's another option
1: right? well yeah uh, you might be able to recirculate that air coming out of your skimmer cup Back into itself through the media, mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost like perpetual. Just keep scrubbing. Uh, it's just feeding itself already scrubbed air, more or less,
0: right? Yep. So if you think about it, the way that works again is this is going to whisk together all that CO2 uh, scrubbed air, and uh, it will do the gas exchange inside of here. And this is probably more gas exchange happening inside of this skimmer than there is in the surface of the tank by by uh, like an exponential amount. And That's it. why this works so well. But it's going to leave the top of the skimmer, unless we decide to feed it from the top of the skimmer. In this case, now we're sucking all of the air out of the top of the skimmer. Oops, wrong one. There Uh, you go. It's a tight fit. There you go. All right, so in this case, now we're sucking all of the air out of the top of the skimmer and we're feeding it back in here. And so what that's doing is taking all the air that's already been scrubbed for CO2 and just scrubbing it again, which means it's not going to deplete the media hardly at all. True, right? It just kind of goes back and through. So in this case, the media is going to last like eons, you know. <laughs> uh, and so in either of these cases, what really nice is that, like. This is one of the cheapest ways probably to increase growth in your corals so like if you already have a super robust tank man anywhere between 7.8 and 8.3 is going to produce a nice awesome tank mm-hmm. however i got a tank full of tiny little frags and i want to grow triple fast you know or you know i want them to grow a lot faster yeah. and have it you know an exponential result like if they go 20 50 faster now that 50% growth to another 50% will just keep getting bigger and we'll get a, there. Get to where the end goal is a lot, lot faster.
1: So we already tested uh, that pH does have, the, raising the pH does have the ability to grow these corals faster. Like we, did. we did it in the lab, we tried it once uh, and then moved into a whole new lab environment and redid it and yeah, absolutely, it grows upwards of 50% uh, faster.
0: Yeah, and that's an exponential thing again. Yeah. So uh, over time it will have a big, much bigger thing. So however, all the challenges to doing it, uh, increasing the pH stably is? This uh, has been a challenge. So again, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. Well, this is just one of the ones we're talking about today. Yeah. And this is actually one of the easiest ones. you, know, you can manage uh, your uh, CO2 from your refugium, it kind of works at night. It kind of doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. it will definitely elevate it, but it's not going to do it super stably. Right. Uh, you can do it a little bit with Kelkwasser and uh, uh, soda ash-based two parts, mm-hmm. and you know other di- different types of 2 parts that raises the pH. But all these things kind of like uh, ebb and, and flow, flow right? Yeah. yeah. And some of them won't get you all the way there either. Right? Yeah. So uh, this is one that kind of just kind of put it in there, in the side of your sump somewhere, add one little piece of gear. It's not very expensive at all. Right. And especially if you don't have to buy the media, but even if you do buy the media, you know, and you can buy it in bulk and now, you know, what do you spend 30 bucks a month on it? And 30 bucks a month is not something that anybody wants to add to their like, you know, reefing budget. <laughs> but if my corals are going to grow 50% faster, it might be the cheapest possible method of actually increasing growth. Now, if we do it recirculating in the media last three months, now it's definitely the cheapest way to uh, increase growth, for sure, right? All right, so So, what are some concerns? I mean, can
1: this first thing I'm looking at is all the extra tubing that we have here, because it's not directly
0: going through and straight to the pump. So can it work too efficiently? Yes, it can. So there are instances where you're going to scrub so much CO2 out of it that the pH will actually be higher than 8.3, maybe mm. even significantly so. So what do you do? Uh, well, we want to draw some of the air out of the room then. In which case,
1: uh, all I have to do is tee in a ball valve. And now, uh, really important point here on adding in this tea. So basically, I've got a valve here where I can bring some more CO2-laden air from the ambient room. Uh, and tie that into the uh, what's being drawn into the skimmer. But there's a really important point here, and that is um, to install, if you're going to install a ball valve to adjust the amount of, uh, of air coming from the here and air coming from the recirculator, make sure you put it in between the pump and the reactor. Yep. Uh, because otherwise, if I put it in between the skimmer lid and the reactor, 100% of the air is going through the CO2 media, and it's kind of a moot point.
0: Mm. Yep. All right, very, 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 Big, good pickup. So yeah, so you just add a little bit of air. Another thing you can do if you got like an apex or whatnot, you can pick up a couple of solenoids. Uh, we usually use the ones from McMaster, uh, uh, McMasterCar.com. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can pick those things up, and they're a little solenoids. You can you know turn on and off some outlets, uh, and you can you know peg your pH like yeah. you want to be 8.3 all day long. You just need to open up a valve that allows some fresh air in whenever it goes uh, below uh, 8.3. And boom, works really well. You can peg it almost to mm-hmm. the hundredth of a point all day long. Yeah. So yeah, you get a couple of solenoids, and you can you can you can do it a different, couple of different ways. So a uh, couple of the challenges here, though. So I did a video on this a little while back, and called it beta, right? And it's because like this isn't super common to do yet. You yeah. Know? And I think people are still trying it out, and. I think there's a thread actually called like the best possible way to run your CO2 scrubber. Is that the Velcro, the Velcro guy from? Yeah, Velcro. Yep. Okay. and so then I know
1: Jay Downs is doing something similar too. He's trying to test different things like this with recirculating stuff too. But
0: okay, so there is a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, the the media here again is like cal- calcium hydroxide. It has a couple other things in it, but like some zeolites and whatnot. But what we don't want to do is get it wet and then mm. dose the like, slurry to the tank or you're going to run into some issues. So like the pH is going to skyrocket right. your tank if you dose or slurry. And so there's a couple of things we want to do is uh, one, we do not want to dose any water to this as possible. And So one of the things you'll note here is the tube is on the outside ring of the uh, calcium reactor. Right. Right. So it's on the outside of the lip here, so that you're not sucking foam from the top of the skimmer. If you did it in the middle, it would suck all the foam right out of the top, water's gonna go straight into here, here and eventually it's gonna build up and get all the media wet, and you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Now, it is good, actually, the fact that the air is moist, because the moist air will actually promote the reaction in there and make the media last longer and be more efficient, Right. but we don't want to get it wet. So the other thing is, is you can consider, you know, putting a little thing of foam around the edge inside of here yeah. when you put it in your cup, because the foam will kind of break the bubbles and stuff if you were ever to build mm-hmm. it up and mm-hmm. then uh, the foam would drop back down.
1: One thing you don't want to do, and I've seen the question uh, asked a couple of times too, I think on, even on the comments in your re- recent video, is somebody asked, well, can I just put a check valve in between there? Well, check valves only work one way and you want the air to go in, but you don't want the water to go in, and that kind of defeats the purpose of adding a check valve. Check valves
0: also require pressure yeah. to crack, so uh, it probably wouldn't probably just more yeah, I don't think so, it would work at all. So uh, you know what? That, that's one of the issues. So another issue that can happen here is uh, over time, water can kind of like collect uh, uh, as condensate on the sides of the plastic and eventually drop. And so, you know, every uh, matter of weeks to a month, whatever, there might be enough water that collects in there Yeah. you gotta unscrew it and go dump it out. Did we bring a big one over here? Uh, no, I don't have oh. a jumbo. Okay, so the jumbo, do you have one around here, Dave? No. okay, so one of the jumbo, there's like a big gigantic jumbo CO2 reactor that has a, a little port on the bottom which is nice because you can unscrew it and then let the water just kind of drain out of it. It also allows for like an inch of water in a much bigger container, so it's just going to take a lot longer. Right, right. Uh, and you can also just drill a hole in here and then plug it with something if you'd like. You
1: know. Yeah, the way I thought about drilling it, and you got to be real careful drilling this stuff because it's pretty fragile, right? It'll crack, yeah, it'll, and it'll, crack, it'll spider, it'll crack when you're drilling it. So if you're going to do it, do it, I mean, you have to do it really slow, sharp bit. They make Uh,
0: plastic bits, and they have a different angle on the tip so it doesn't catch, Mm -hmm. and that's probably what you'd want to use. Yeah,
1: but what I would do, uh, if I was going to drill it underneath, I'd take like a little airline tubing or something like that, maybe quarter inch, but something clear, so uh, silicone it into the bottom and clear so that I can actually see most of that buildup of the water and the condensation and whatever gets in there, it's gonna be inside that drain line. And as I could it almost serves as like a gauge so I can watch that drain line. Like, oh, it's getting kind of full. It's getting close to my little reactor. And I'd probably have this mounted up on the wall somewhere, uh, in which case a little ball valve on the end of it and I can open it up, drain that little line out and I'm back to business.
0: Yeah. Okay, so an, another thing you can do to make sure water doesn't get in there is uh, put a float switch inside the, the cup here. Yeah. And so, uh, actually, the, the cup that we have from Octopus mm-hmm. actually, already has this thing in it. So this is the cup, the lid that goes on the XXL 750s, uh, skimmers the Vario Driven Pump, but yep. the Regal is what mm-hmm. it's called. And so the Regal is actually, as soon as the, the skimming is full, you know, uh, just turns itself off. man, mm-hmm. And so that would prevent it from ever overflowing and going up in there. So, you know, it's actually kind of hard to find uh, float switches that are this thin, that fits between the lid yeah. and the cup. So this is actually one of those things that's really kind of unique about the Regal and it allows you to do that. But alternatively, you know, you can go about it a totally different way. Which okay. is, uh, yeah, this is what, the Davy Jones Locker? Yeah, that's the
1: Davy Jones Locker, the yeah. medium edition. And it uh, works on a pressure sensor switch in, inside of here. But basically, you just run your drain line. Most skimmers have this little drain port or this drain line in the skimmer bottom. Uh, but you run it into the intake here. And as this uh, as this fills up, there's a pressure inside of there. Because it's all sealed off. And that, that pressure building up inside sends the signal to your little controller here that you plug your skimmer in. And when it's
0: full, it shuts the skimmer, it shuts the power off to the skimmer. That means that this cup here is gonna be empty pretty much all the all time. All the time, right? yeah. And so if it's empty all of the time, then uh, we're not gonna to have to worry about whether or not liquid ever gets you know, sucked up into the top here. So, I mean, that's kind of like some of the uh, gist of it. I can't actually see the questions today, they're too small. So you, how about you read them off? Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: when my pH drops, I change my media. But the core of the media is still white. Uh, it seems the it seems like the only outer layers are the ones that change colors. And is that normal? Uh, about two to three quarters is used by the end of the time. My pH does or my pH drops.
0: So the pH media first off will change back. Right, it's not a permanent change. Mm. So uh, you just got to kind of watch it. You know, it will eventually change back to, to white. So right uh, in in many cases anyway. But uh, the other thing is, if, you, if it's too loose in there, it could channel, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, you know, that well with little beads like this. There's but, a lot of you know, airflow around through them. Yeah. So. yeah, so I would say that uh, it's not normal for it to only partially deplete, but part of what you may be seeing is actually just that uh, it's changing back to the normal color because it's just a color indicator. It's not like a proof.
1: right right right
0: right. uh we did explore one that doesn't change back and has a more distinct color but it costs like three times as much (laughs) and i don't think most people are going to pay for that so Uh, all
1: right next one uh mike wants to know how would you prevent bubbling skimmate scum from getting pulled through the hose which we pretty much uh we pretty much hit on i think the, the the one thing i would do as ryan pointed out is to run some foam on there and you could probably just glue you can get a little dabs of glue here and there and put some foam on it. You can cut out a little
0: foam circle on there.
1: Even you cut
0: it foam right at where it's entered. Yeah, just that point too. You just yeah. want to kind of like stop the foam from going there. It won't be 100% perfect in, in that case. So you got three options. You can pop the foam before it gets there. Two, you can put a float switch in there that prevents it from getting that big mm-hmm. you can also uh uh put in a port that you know do a yeah. uh, davy jones locker or even just something as big as a big bucket that you you know it's very unlikely that it would ever overflow to that five point gallons, you know yeah, yeah big bu- five gallon bucket probably change it out a long long before it's full i'd hope anyway uh, and you can probably avoid most of those issues the only time mm. you're not is like when you decide you're gonna use a whole bunch of epoxy in the tank and of course the skimmer like goes nuts. In that case you just kinda gotta like think ahead. You right. Know, and uh, turn the thing off because you know that these things work together. Yeah. Uh, and so, but so I also think about the pH controller. So if for oh, whatever yeah, reason true. these guys ever did, you know, get, get wet, wet and dissolved mm-hmm. and go in the tank, the pH will go up and in which case your pH controller on your apex, or whatever, just tell it to shut your skimmer off because that's now one of the concerns that you yeah
1: absolutely so how did i build this one i don't think we covered really but uh so the kit if you get the if you're getting the kit like we have this kit if you're going to get one of those recirculate it's just the canister comes with that refillable cartridge inside and it comes with some silicone tubing that's basically what you get so uh, most in most cases skimmers come with this like about a three three eighths inch diameter type of tubing airline tubing and it's A lot of them are about the same. I'm really surprised at how many actually have the same types of airlines. Uh, But I got, you can get a Kynar Y or a Kynar T. These are push connect little barbed fittings, Uh, but that allows you to tee off into the uh, ball valve. And then stem adapters are are the way to go too. These are 3-8 stem adapters on this one, uh, on the ball valve here. And all I had to do is push connect it into the ball valve, uh, and then on the other side is a barbed fitting, and I can tee that right into the whole assembly there. Uh, as far as the lid portion goes, uh, I, we did a stepper bit on this one. Now this is actually a half-inch stem because it actually just it fits the hole that we drilled. A half-inch hole is easier to drill. Fits it snugly, so I don't necessarily need to silicone the thing in, and it makes yeah. it removable. Uh, and then if I if you heat up the end of the three-eighths inch tubing, uh, just put it under some warm water, you can get it to you can stretch it around that that barb fitting there. Then I can just take it in and out as I need to. So so the
0: stepper bits, by the way generally work pretty good with plastic you know they just kind of shave it out and work way better than your standard middle metal or wood bit which tends to catch in plastic and crack you just kind of shave it out Mm -hmm. so this is that was a good choice for this
1: yeah and i think uh for drilling out this one is with the stepper bit of course it continues to gradually step and sometimes those steps are shorter than how thick the cup is in which case i go right up until my half inch mark uh drilling in here and then I turn it over and through the same hole, which is already through, but a little smaller, back to the half yeah, inch right. mark on the other side. Now I've got a half inch all the way through.
0: All right, yeah, so the, these little, these are called Murloc uh, stem to barb adapters. Yeah. You know, you can pick those things up. They're probably like two bucks. Uh, and they're a great way to go from something smooth where you can drill a hole uh, to uh, a soft tube like that. Yeah, well,
1: man. perfect. Next question. Uh, let's see. How about temperature through? How about temperature though? Will drawing in the hot summer air affect tank temp? It's been nineties already.
0: It will definitely have some effect. So mm. if you're sucking in super cold air in here or super heated air, it will have some effect. To what effect it'll have will be how much air it sucks in and how big your tank is. Okay. Right. And so. Uh, I would say that generally these little submerged pump, you know, if it's pulling 20 watts, at worst it could be a 20 watt heater, right. no more than that. Right. right? Uh, but it's probably uh, only inefficient to uh, you know five or seven watts, so mm-hmm. it's really not even a really significant heat source in yeah. most cases. You know, this might actually be a 50 watt pump, but you get my point.
1: But I think uh, I think in this in this instance here where it's all recirculated and it's I mean it's probably well, in your house right? in this case if it's in your no. house it's gonna be the same temperature that your house is whatever you keep your ambient room temperature uh, about the same so really no increase I would yeah say. I think it's
0: referring to if you went uh, outside. air yeah. from outside so yeah. as an alternative to this uh, yeah you know there's a lot a lot of people that have set up their skimmer to suck air from outside because you have you know normal co2 levels yeah. in most cases outside and there's just a handful of things you need to think about one is if you run the cord too far you end up with so much head pressure on the pump that you decrease the performance mm. of the pump so just you know don't not do it because of any of these things just think about it as you do it and mm. so if you notice that you ran the tube you know 15 feet outside and you don't have the uh, skimmer performance you're looking for that's probably why yeah. if it happens to be right in the wall and you're only running at four feet probably no problem right right, right. So, but then think about where it you know, comes out and then go outside and see where it comes out and say, hey, do I ever spray uh, like pesticides here, herbicides, yeah. fertilizers, you know, is it right next to where I park my car and the tailpipe's <laughs> going into it? You know, like anything like that. And when I say like, does it ever happen? That's literally the you gotta think about it, right? Not, like, does it not next to never happen? Like it's or any it time happens, when my gardener yeah. or the lawn mower guy comes by you know or whatever uh, will they ever do something silly like that when my kids do it because it only takes once you know so make sure that you, you're putting in an area one of the things you could do also though just to kind of protect against that if you're going to do this outside is run it into like a, you know, bag of carbon or, you know, bucket of carbon or something. Yeah. So at least the air that you're sucking in from outside has been purified by something. Right. You know, even you could use one of these little guys, right, outside, fill it up with carbon in the yes. internal cartridge and uh, it will filter out most of the air with very little head, or fairly little head yeah. pressure. So
1: if you had an extra little skimmer lying around, uh, would you split? Would you run this on your primary? Would you run it as a secondary? I, I feel like I, I would probably get a smaller skimmer than what I would run for my primary skimmer if I had one laying around, maybe from a smaller tank. I think these are going to compete with each up, other,
0: would they? Yeah. So what it's doing is uh, essentially, you know, there's you're looking, everything's looking for like some kind of equilibrium mm-hmm. with the amount of CO2 in the air and the amount of CO2 in the tank. And what you're doing is creating an artificial interface with all these bubbles in here that have an interface with almost no co2 Mm -hmm. you know so it's essentially kind of sucking it out to some degree right uh and then if you had a second skimmer that didn't run this you would just be kind of adding it back in so uh, i've heard people talk about that before too and uh, i've even kind of thought about you have like one of these just kind of garbage ones sitting over in the corner hopefully helping you out and I think they're going to compete against each other. I don't know that to be the case for Try sure we haven't tested it, but I'm pretty certain that they would just fight each other. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Alright, next one. Does this remove the smell of the skimmer, S. Alex? Well, yeah, so like in this case I what's going to happen in, without this thing is all the air, you know, is going through this thing, sucked in through the normal Venturi and then passes uh, through all of the fish poop and everything that's in there, and then the air like goes into your house, <laughs> right? And so, sure. uh, you know, depending on how much stuff you got in there and how much it's being jostled around uh, is how much smell you're gonna get. However, in this case, there's still a couple of slits in here where fresh air could go in and out, but a vast majority of the air is because it's, you know, being. Pumped in and sucked essentially out mm. this hole. Very little of it will come through here or uh, uh, out of it. So. Right i think it will probably solve that but another thing a lot of people will do if you're just worried about that is just get a, another plastic ring that you can kind of glue on the top mm-hmm. and then just put some carbon or a bag of carbon inside the ring and then you know the carbon will remove any smell from the reactor exactly. also if you look at the davy jones locker it does the same kind of thing yeah it's got a
1: little pad inside of there or it's got a little cartridge inside of the there carbon. that does uh it's full of carbon and okay. you can replace that carbon out and uh, untwist it but they've accounted for that and this is all sealed off too so
0: yeah so uh, there's other ways to get around that yeah next
1: does this still work well on open top tanks i was under the impression that you get a good bit of air exchange from the surface
0: so you do get a big uh, uh, amount of air exchange on the surface and how much is really how much turnover you get with right. your pumps right uh and so the thing here is, it's really going to depend on like the size of your tank, the amount of surface area, and the amount of pump action you have on the surface versus a skimmer. Here's the thing: is those skimmer, in a standard skimmer, there are I'm just just guess, guessing here, man, but many millions of little bubbles in there. Yeah. You know, just so much surface area. If you think about it, like a tablespoon of carbon, you know, the analogy is a tablespoon of carbon. If you look at it under a microscope it's kind of like a honeycomb structure. And if you spread that honeycomb structure out, it actually covers an entire football field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to think about that surface area covering so much space. But the same thing here, if you took the entire surface area of every it's last bubble, bubble mm-hmm. in here, it's probably the same kind of thing, like something That's in the huge. magnitude of a lar- very large field instead of a four by uh, two tank you know, or yep. whatnot surface. So there's probably way, 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 way more gas exchange happening in here than there is on the surface of the tank in most cases. Mm. Uh, otherwise it wouldn't work, to be honest. So uh, if there was way more surface tension or uh, a gas exchange happening on the surface of your tank, Just it wouldn't work as up. well. Yeah. So yes, it will uh, work on open top tanks. We actually use it here on the 160, which has an open top tank. Mm. And actually every, te- every test that we've done has open top. So uh, it does. Right. Ben Excellent. wants to know what's the
1: highest. Uh, what's the highest you should have a pH run at?
0: You know what? I, uh, I would like if I, if I had my drawlars, I'd just shoot for eight point three yeah. all, all the time. And you know, there. I will tell you two different kind of facets of this conversation. Mm-hmm. One is I know for sure you can have a uh, successful tank at anywhere from seven point eight to eight point three. Yeah. And in most cases, chasing pH will actually be a detriment. You know, because people used to do it with all kinds of super pH right. buffer deluxe and you're just pouring stuff in. Uh, and those chemical solutions like uh, have unintended chemistry issues like alkalinity goes through the roof. In this case, if you're just controlling the amount of CO2 that goes in your skimmer or the amount of CO2 that's in your room, it has so little effect on the chemistry, uh, yeah. uh, the tank, man, uh, hmm. you know, I, I don't think it has that big of an issue and it would work. So the flip side of that seven point eight to eight point three thing is, if you go and read all the you know ocean biology, uh, chemistry, uh, you know reports right. and uh, and everything, you'll see that a change of like a tenth of a pH has catastrophic effects on ocean reefs. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so there's like all kinds of bad, bad things as the acidification of the ocean happens. Right. right. And this isn't like one of those things that anybody debates. it's just it's documented and true. Yeah. So in our tanks, we're doing this. You know, people just kind of say, "Oh, well, corals once in a while I'll die," <laughs> and, you, and you don't know why. Huh. The real reality is, that animal man can live for a very, very, very long time in the ocean proper environment. So it didn't just die, right? Right. Something in the tank, man, happened, and usually it's a series of different things that are not ideal for this animal to live in your in your tank. You'll never know which one it was. So. If you can, you know, peg the pH at what it is in the ocean. It doesn't change a whole lot in the ocean. So, mm-hmm. you know, peg it at 8.3 is the best, probably, solution. Can it handle more? Can you go up to 8.5 and see benefits? I'd say yes. There's a good chance that you'd see some benefits from a de- decreased uh, 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 pH yeah. inside or increased pH inside the coral skeleton from, from that. But- You're probably riding an edge somewhere, right? Yeah, somewhere this is gonna turn south, you know, so, and you don't really know where that is. And so I'd say, you know, trailblazers, what's, how's the saying go? Uh, The pioneers get shot in the back, or trailblazers. Trailblazers get shot in the back, when they, sometimes they find new territories, (laughs) but uh, they also, uh, most of them have problems. So, uh, you know, you could be that person, uh, but if I were just going to do it, I'd peg it at at, at that, at the best of my ability uh you know there's a couple of different things you could do to do that you know again you could use a solenoid here you can actually just shut your skimmer off man like a skimmer isn't a necessary piece of equipment to run 24 7. oh yeah
1: so so if you wanted to control ph in your tank and not have like the regular the solenoid and things like that Mm -hmm. you just really just shut the power off turn it back on shut it off turn it back on
0: yep you just turn the skimmer off anyway stop and like if the skimmer is not on for 20 percent of the day I mean, tanks can be just fine, you know, uh, in, in most cases. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're super depend, if your skimmer, if your tank is that dependent on the skimmer, I'd actually think about how to, how do I figure out how to make it less dependent on the skimmer, yeah. That that's a little too much, <laughs> any piece of equipment would cause catastrophic failure right. at that point, I, I'd be concerned. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you can do a lot of different things. Next. Uh, let's take a look here. What's, where is it at? Oh, does the CO2 scrubber restrict the airflow much? Yes, it does so it, it well i don't know about the word much but it will uh restrict the airflow right i'll tell you one of the things that i found with today's skimmers is actually they suck too much air you know and some of the ways the best ways to get them perform more or better is decrease to actually the decrease the mm-hmm. amount of air there's just so much air going through these things that like in theory you know you're creating more contact time and more surface area whatever it should right. work better that is just not always the case and I won't bother to get into the science behind it uh, but like I'm not even sure like if anybody (laughs) knows the exact uh, skimmer science and has shared the perfect ratio of air water turnover rate to the amount of organics and food that you have but it's been my experience that if you feed if you don't feed a whole lot you actually can get better results with less air. Mm. If you feed a whole lot, then uh, there's enough, or, uh, enough organics in there to you know, sustain a, a thicker bubble or whatnot in there. But you know, that's just my experience. But yeah, it, it will reduce the air. And uh, I would say if you find that it reduces it unacceptably, uh, I probably wouldn't use it. You know? But I would say in most cases, I haven't seen any you know, significant decrease yeah. in performance, which is the important thing. So there's a question
1: about uh, using a little bit of moisture in the media. He asked, uh, I thought it needed, Evan asked, I thought it needed a tablespoon or a teaspoon of RODI water in the container before the canister is put in. Well, in this case, it's kind of serving that purpose because you're drawing humid air already.
0: Yeah, so what we want to do is keep the air moist that's feeding it, and like what we're looking to do is the cheapest way to do that possibly. Right. right? Like, and so one of the ways to do that is just add a little bit of water to the bottom of it, and that will help promote that reaction from the calcium hydroxide over to the uh, um, calcium carbonate, you know, in, in the little granule. And so uh, another way to do that people have used is to just bubble it. So in the mm-hmm. intake of it, they'll put it into a cup of water or whatnot and yeah. they'll like, just bubble water through it. You know, uh, you know so some people do that, uh, but uh, in this case, since you're kind of mixing it through here, the air al- air's always gonna be pretty darn damp and hydrated. <laughs> so you won't have to do that. All right, next. Do you need a pH controller to use this? Do you need a pH controller to use one of these things in this design? I would say need is not a strong word. I'd say you get less dependent on it, especially if you use the bigger guy with uh, with, uh, more air for water in there. It's like anything though, the pH controller and the controllers in general are just like your emergency backup plan when all things go awry. When your kid decides to put their hands in the tank and they're covered in soap or whatnot and then the skimmer goes crazy. You know, if you don't have anything to kind of stop it from doing that, then all of a sudden, you know, water is going to go in here, yeah. and you're just going to have problems. Yeah. So, uh, need is not the right word. Is it a, a benefit
1: to have one? Oh, you can monitor yeah. Your pH. Yeah, and then you can monitor it if, for one, to make sure. And that's that's really where this little valve comes in handy. Is like maybe you don't need a whole you don't need a whole controller. I wouldn't say you get a little monitor type deal like the the pinpoint. Uh, put that in your tank and watch your pH. And really, I can just add some more ambient air if my pH was a little too uh, too high. Reduce a little bit of ambient sea, uh, air if my pH
0: was too low. Yeah, true. So uh, I would say I wouldn't get a pH controller for this purpose, but I might get one uh, in general because like, there's so many other benefits, and then this would just be like another one on top of all the rest of them. Yeah. All right. Next,
1: uh, is the fitting for? Is there a fitting for quarter inch? My skimmer air supply is quarter inch, and the tubing is half inch. Uh, there are some restrict or there are some reducer type fittings that uh, yep. that are out there. You can either use a combination of, uh, I believe there's some reducing fittings in the Kynar here, uh, but you can also use. Um, push connect, um, Murloc fittings, and there are reducing fittings. So to go from half all the way to quarter, you gotta go from half to three eighths, three eighths to a quarter, uh, as far as Murloc goes. Uh, but otherwise, kind of barbed barb fittings are the probably the easiest way. And then these stem adapters and ball valves and things like that all come in quarter inch if that's the way you need to do it too, but uh, you can reduce from a half inch.
0: The reactor too has a quarter inch MPTs going into it, uh, and it's coming out to three eighths inch here. There's also a quarter a quarter inch amputee, a quarter inch tube uh, mm-hmm. option too. so you can change it right on the reactor if you want, or you can use one of the like reducing unions.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, so your hole in the skimmer lid is that actually outside the cup. So yes, yeah.
0: So it's, it's uh, not
1: outside the cup itself, but outside this uh, collection ring or what
0: it, it's it call super it. important. If you put it inside the ring here, you're going to suck the foam right out of the skimmer As and up. we're going to have all the moisture problems that we were talking about here. Uh, it would have to be overflowing full for that to happen. So yeah. it's just one of those things If you're going to use this kind of technology. You need to not let your skimmer get to the point where it's just bubbling over or you're going to probably have some problems. Yeah. Uh, and it just gives you a reason to use these ports too. You
1: know. I mean, they put them in every. I, it's far and few between that I use these unless I go on vacation or what have you. Because I normally just take the cup off, go dump it, and bring it back.
0: Uh, I gotta say, once you do use it, though, you're like, oh, well, now I can only do this uh, every once in a while. Yeah. So, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Next. If it changes back to white, does that mean you can use it again? No. It just means that the uh, <laughs> pH indicating dye in there like uh, had a reaction and made it go back. So there no. you go. It's just an indication. So it does not mean that it's charged again. It just means it's done. Yeah. Same thing with the the DI resin. Some people notice that like it changes from uh, the uh, blue to the golden and then eventually back to blue again. And there's like certain water sources that have a natural pH of uh, like over 10 or whatnot. And in that case, when it's just totally depleted, it'll change back. Because the water's natural source is 10, like it is here in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so in that case, you know, it changes back. doesn't mean that it's good again, it just means the color indicating dye, the reaction there, has uh, changed again. But you're looking for the first initial change. Uh, It doesn't mean it's good again.
1: (laughs) Michael wants to know, would you use a CO2 scrubber on a new tank or add one when parameters meet a threshold? Uh, I think. But, well, I mean, there's a new there's new tanks in your office, and we're, we're, like by new tank for me, I'm thinking, okay, we've gone through the cycle. You're probably getting corals put in there, and you got a bunch of little finger-sized, little one-inch frag pl- frags all over the place and frag plugs. So, uh, in that case, you could add one in to increase the pH and increase how fast those little things grow to big colonies.
0: I would not. Uh, personally, I just wouldn't add technology that's unnecessary. So don't treat a problem that doesn't exist, yeah. right? And so I would say most people, uh, and I say by say most, I mean like a large, large majority see a swing of like 7.8 at night to 8.1 uh, during the day. Just and naturally, if, yeah. Yeah, and if that isn't the case, it's because you've addressed it in some other way, in mm-hmm. most cases. So uh, in this case, uh, I wouldn't set my tank up. That way, right. uh, I would wait to see if there's an actual problem, and then I would solve it. Yeah. And that's kind of converse to some of my general advice. My general advice is actually prevent stability. And yeah. uh, stability's king. So mm. prevent put the filtration and all the different things you're going to do from day one. Don't just keep like you know tweaking things all the time. Yeah. yeah because they some of them are not subtle tweaks. They're you know big changes. Right. Even though it feels subtle to you doesn't to the animal that's uh, living in that atmosphere. <laughs> so, uh, but in this case, I, I every single pe- piece of equipment should be there, not because you have a desire for a CO2 reactor, but because you have a pH that needs to be solved, you know, a low pH that needs to be solved. So, uh, not a desire for more gear, but a desire for healthier animals. Yeah. All right. Next There's
1: one. a few up here. Uh, is the pH level as important
0: in a fish only tank? Probably not. So know. the fish seem to survive in a, a range that definitely. If I had a fish-only tank, and I was anywhere between 7.8 and 8.3, wouldn't touch I, it. Would, I would never, <laughs> i never think about it because it's just more, more things to fail and yeah. more things to worry about. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Uh, and the fish seem to be more tolerant mm-hmm. of uh, pH swings, or, or really most things, than than the, the corals. Uh, the corals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: Is there a noticeable difference between just removing CO2 from the air or replacing CO2 using a house or office plants?
0: Hmm. So, uh, you know, I've, I've heard that before. You, can people we talked plants? about
1: Yeah, we talked about somebody who, uh, his wife put a couple Boston ferns on either end of their, uh, or big ferns on either end of their tank. And on his apex, you can see some increase in pH, whether or not it was fern related or not.
0: So that is gonna be probably 100% dependent on the type of plant that you get mm. and the amount of sun and water and fertilizer and stuff it gets, right? right? So if the thing is filled with photosynthetic energy from the sun, because you put it in some bay windows that get sun all day long, it's got plenty of water and uh, you know nutrients are right Producing in the soil, nutrients. there's a good chance that it will suck up a decent amount of CO2 in the room and could be the solution. If you got like a dark room and you throw like uh, some kind of like woody tree in the corner, it <laughs> doesn't grow very fast. Right. Uh, mm. uh, to none. Maybe I don't know, man, mm. but uh, I I don't think that that is probably gonna solve your problem. Uh, but I, I, I would definitely think of it. If I got a super bright room and I like plants anyway, yeah. Uh, and you remember to water them and stuff, uh, then I mean why not? Because it's an awesome solution, and you can just see if it works anyway. Just because it's another fun extension of what you're doing and sure. cool story as well. Yeah. Uh, can I use CO two media on a biopellet reactor? CO two media in a biopellet reactor? So I'm
1: not sure. So if I'm thinking this question may be related to. If this was once a biopellet reactor, which they come in this form factor, mm-hmm. can I turn it into a CO two scrubber? And yeah, we, you
0: probably need some new fittings. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I think for the most, I think they have the half inch ports on the, on the uh, biopellet reactor. Yeah, you probably
0: have half inch ports instead of uh, quarter inch ports. You could you know, scale there's it a couple, down.
1: There's a couple fittings that take care of that, but yeah, I mean, basically, what and then
0: you need the DI canister uh, with the seal on the top. And the I air that's going to those actually have bottom. it. So I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, biopel reactor that comes in this form factor, mm-hmm. or not like you know your octopus one. But in reality, you could probably use almost any acrylic cylinder or container, you know, that is going to hold the media, and you maybe throw some sponges on the bottom and the top, and throw a port in it. <laughs> I mean, you could probably use a two-liter container. You probably you know? could. If you wanted to go get a jug of coke and uh, <laughs> fill it up with media and Screw a fitting in the bo- top and bottom, you know, obviously a little wonky. It'll probably produce the same results uh, as this, just doesn't look as nice and easy to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really anything that can hold Is there a way to test the CO2 level in think? tank? Hmm. Test the CO2. I think it's probably going to be largely pH. Okay. So, like, it's not not going to get an indicator. Yeah, you're not going to get a CO2 level out of it, but you're going to get the indication of what the CO2 level is in the tank uh, because the CO2 in the tank combines uh, to create carbonic acid in in the tank. And so the carbonic acid lowers the pH. So, it's probably your best indicator of that. And again, if you're uh, just catching in now and you want to know if CO2 is your problem, uh, you're not going to monitor with a test kit, just open up your windows. <laughs> you open up your windows and tomorrow your pH pro- uh, solution uh, or problem is solved. CO2 was your problem, you can move on, stop talking about it. If opening up the windows did not solve your problem, it was probably because you're not dosing your alkalinity, you're maintaining your alkalinity right. Mm-hmm. That, if it isn't one of those two things, you got something really probably pretty major wrong with the tank, like there is something in the tank that shouldn't be in there. Uh, You're dosing something to the tank you shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, And it's gonna be a really oddball problem and you start looking for oddball solutions. Right. Because if you maintain the uh, alkalinity right and you make sure the CO2 isn't your problem, the list of other things that can uh, decrease the pH uh, start to get more catastrophic and weird hmm. so start looking for them quick all right what else are there? uh will
1: running ozone through the same skimmer affect the co2 media
0: yeah i wouldn't do that uh, uh not sure what kind of so ozone like i'm not sure uh what two. holds these little pellets together but there could be like a binder in there dissolve uh ozone tends to break down like everything yeah. and so i don't have uh, and, and it reacts with things in strange ways so like it probably, and I don't think you want to recirculate the, the ozone? ozone like mm-hmm. that. I, I, I don't know. There would be. I, I haven't thought about that answer, uh, and so ozone's like a safety risk. So I start to have to unravel that one entirely.
1: And, I mean, automatically, that comes with the, the disclaimer in my head that uh, if it's a don't let my family or let this ozone build up and breathe it, and pets breathe it, and things like that, and they scrub it off, then probably want to handle it with caution in every way possible. Yeah,
0: ozone is like a pretty tough thing. And actually, this is why we carry these Kynar fittings is it, because if you use like a nylon one, they turn into like goo, oof. right? Like, they're like weird, like chili changes <laughs> the formation of it. it turns into like this flexible gummy type thing. Huh. Uh, the Kynar ones hold up to it though. So uh, there's all kinds of different reasons that the ozone is uh, dangerous. If I was gonna, I would definitely wouldn't recirculate it and mm-hmm. it even more so, the reaction with these pellets, man, are unknown to me. I, I wouldn't do it without some significant research. Yeah.
1: Does the airstone in the sump help the pH, a uh, low pH issue? Uh,
0: man, uh, potentially. Uh, could. Sometimes, though, I, actually quite often, you know, you think that, uh, you know, people think... Air this, and uh, bubbles. Actually, it could be doing the opposite. Huh. So in our case, the problem uh, our pH comes down is because there's 100 people in here, mm-hmm. and so if I throw a protein skimmer on, what I'm going to do is add like CO2 to the tank faster. Right. And so actually, more aeration is actually going to decrease the pH mm. faster than if we didn't have it on. Same thing with so, an air
1: pump, then, right? Because yeah. I'm drawing air from the ambient room
0: injecting it straight to my tank. Yeah, and the common thought process is, is like, oh, it's uh, I'm gonna add more oxygen. Oxygen has zero to do with the pH, mm-hmm. like nothing. That doesn't, it doesn't play a role in that chemistry at all. So it's only the CO2. And so by bubbling into there, I would say in many cases, you're more likely to add more CO2 than you are to uh, find a way to take it out. So the, uh, that really depends on your room, but I would say, in a vast majority of cases it would actually add more but even then it's it's so small i think it would have an insignificant uh yeah. a, a difference think about that little stream of bubbles that's kind of coming out of the top of an airstone and, and the then think about surface. how this thing's just whisking it like <laughs> how much is velocity that's happening in there it's probably the magnitude of a hundred hundred two fold, hundred thousands, fold, thousands yeah. fold uh yeah, yeah. air stone so uh, it could but it probably not mm. Uh, what happens if you scrub too much CO2? I'm guessing in yeah. just higher pH, correct? Yeah. So you definitely can start to see pH if you if it scrubs too much and it doesn't. It's going to be a balance between the amount of CO2 in your room, the amount of CO2 uh, or the amount of surface area, the pumps and everything in the tank. Mm-hmm. And there is a scenario where you know it'll work too well. And so you'll start to see a pH of 8.5 or even more maybe. In that case, that's why we got that little valve there and you just open it up to suck some amount of ambient air from the room you can just kind of decide how much by turning the valve. Also, you know, you can put on your apex controller and open up the solenoid and close it to, you know, just peg it. And that's actually what we did on the uh, uh, the pH experiments that we did, is they have a little solenoid that opens and closes, and so one of those tanks is pegged at 7.8, right? Now it actually uh, adds a little CO2 CO2. into the skimmer, but the one that uh, is uh, at 8.3 is opening up and closing a solenoid, and if we didn't do it that way, it would actually go above 8.3. Yeah. So uh, we do want to add some amount of error in there. Cool. Right. Uh, looks like got a couple, last, couple less.
1: Couple One. One last question.
0: All right, if you got yeah. any more questions, get them in quick because uh, we got one. No, we're gonna roll.
1: Uh huh. How long does it? How long does the media last? That's a fair mm-hmm. question. Um, I think. Here in like a, we were talking about earlier in this office environment, uh, in this size of container, drawing ambient air in a heavily, you know, human and there are some dogs in here too, uh, heavy CO heavier CO two type of environment. Uh, I think uh, Jason was going through a thing of media about a week and a half to two weeks, and he would swap that he would swap one out. So. Um, get a lot more life out of it though.
0: It goes either way so th- I would think about it this way uh, it's gonna be different for everyone in the essence that imagine that uh, we're in the little room uh, about the size of a closet uh, if there is just me in there breathing well it'll last you know two weeks let's say mm. uh, if all of a sudden Randy shows up and he's breathing in there it's twice as much co2 so it'll probably only last one week Right. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to think about it that way. Also, you can think about if it's in a big room that gets super big air exchange, and mm. like you know, it, it's just constantly getting Your air, your room, or your house has an air exchanger, so it's constantly getting more in there and stuff. Uh, also, air exchanger actually is a way to get the CO two down. But yeah. uh, If you if you got a huge giant room and a whole bunch of people in it, so if this pump here is uh, sucking in uh, you know 200 liters a, an hour of air. Well, if it's sucking 400 liters an hour, it's probably gonna deplete twice as fast yeah, as yeah. the other one. So there's a, like a lot of different things that play with it. Uh, and so I'd say the shortest I really see it in general last is about a week and the longest I think is probably about three weeks to a month. And mm-hmm. it kind of depends on the implementation. The longer end being like in a fish room, that's right. you know kind of sealed a little bit. Well, and then
1: uh, even, even more so like with the jumbo reactor versus this oh, yeah. tiny little reactor, and then the du- dual jumbo versus the other one. I mean, you can really make an investment on how long and you to how often, and how long you want to change out that media until you change it out. In which case, it's sort of like DI resin, I think I would run it. Right, You have one, two canisters side by side, put the the, the depleted one out, swap it over, put a fresh one in the other side, and just keep rotating them.
0: Yeah, and so in that, in that case there's a couple of things like this guy hold may last a week, but if you get the big jumbo one, it has about four times as much media in there, so it'll last a month. Yeah. Right? And so sometimes it's about cost, sometimes it's about just paying the butt, you know? And so like if I only had to change it once a month, I'm in. Uh, if I had to change it every week, I'm out. You know, it's not, you know, necessarily the cost. So I think each one of those cartridges costs like seven bucks, you know? So, uh, you know, it could be cheaper if you buy it bulk, maybe, but like, uh, I think it's about seven bucks for a cartridge. So, you know, if it lasts a whole month, that's nothing, uh, yeah. but it might even be the last a whole month It just cost me 28 bucks and I change it every week, 28 bucks ain't going to stop because I got, you know, 60 frags in here that I all want to grow 50% faster. And if I do <laughs> it actually is really great value at, at 28 bucks but I don't want to change a thing every single week. Yeah. That, I don't want more labor. So if you get the big cartridge and then there's a, another one where it has two big cartridges, right? You yep. just talked yep, about yep, yep. and one of the things I saw uh, that question about it that, Hey, only one of these things changes color, you know, and then it goes to the other one That's the way it works. You'll you thought it should deplete both of them at the same ah, time yeah. And it actually depletes one first and then the next one like DI now yep. yeah. And if you wanted to you could actually swap them out. Yeah, or you can in this case You know, you're not looking for zero TDS. It really doesn't matter You can actually just leave it in there and hopefully the first one is is like still you know even mostly depleted still sucking some of the stuff out for most of the time and you can just change them out every two months now you know uh maybe it's working a little bit
1: all right got a couple more questions we'll wrap it up uh just the one that actually looks like an answer to a question but if drawing air outside then you should see a ph boost statement
0: yeah yeah you should and again before i go running skimmer lines outside and buying plants and all that stuff Open up your windows for twenty four hours, solves <laughs> your problem, then you know it's CO2. It's if it way. doesn't, go looking for other things. Uh, but yeah, the windows is the first way to find out that. And you can decide amongst all the different CO two options, via refugium, via Kelkwasser, via you know, soda ash two part, yeah. via this media, via like all kinds of different ways that you think is the most stable and easiest way to do it. I will say this one is one of the only ones that you can like really peg the pH. Controllable, yeah. more,
1: most, most controllable out of all, all those options.
0: Yeah, I think the only one where you can just say, you know what, with okay. a solenoid, I want my pH to be 8.3 and I want it to be that way all the time. Yeah, It's the only one that's gonna do that, <laughs> right? Uh, the only other thing I thought about actually is maybe, and I, and I, haven't, I haven't tested this yet, mm. but a refugium with uh, like, a, like an apex uh, controllable intensity right oh in yeah in that case like the rate of photosynthesis is the rate of uh, carbon di- dioxide consumption right so if i could crank up the intensity it mm. will you know soak up more co2 if it's soaking up too much i can decrease the intensity that makes right? sense so uh, i'm also going to increase and decrease nutrient control that way too so it's not only one thing right but uh, that's probably the only other way i've really thought of it Try like, to does it that can that perfect. Yeah. I mean, you could dose Kalkwasser and stuff like that, but now you're messing with your uh, calcium and alkalinity levels Mm -hmm. at the same time as pH, which generally just turns out to be a terrible idea. Yeah. It's probably a point
1: of diminishing. I mean, it's a great
0: option for generally raising it, but not to like control it precisely. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, man. I think that wraps it up. Well, thank you all for uh, joining us today. All right. Next week, I don't know what we got. I think we might be building some kind of water. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, water, saltwater
1: mixing station, something right like that, DIY, more DIY stuff.
0: Congratulations again, Kurt, for uh, winning the 500 bucks. If you want to be a preferred reefer, just join us. Uh, and There's a little thing on the side, uh, in every product page, header, footer, everywhere, uh, join us, and we give away every week. 500 bucks to your wish list or uh, uh, whatever you may have bought in last week.
1: Kurt, your points are already in the mail. I'm just going to send you a reminder email that you won.
0: All right, see you guys next week.
1: See you guys.